Hey, this is Joe and TJ with the Schoolhouse 302. And we're here with our guest, Scott Kemmerer, for an interview on our hashtag one thing series. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. This is our hashtag one thing series. It's meant to provide listeners with an interview with a great leader on a specific topic, and then dive into some growth strategies with our five leadership questions. This hashtag one thing series is focused on organizational growth, specifically how leaders stay connected with their people, even as their company grows. At the Schoolhouse 302, we're always trying to get the simple so that our followers can lead better and grow faster. Thanks, Joe. Our guest this month is Scott Kemmerer. Scott is the president of Sodell Concepts, which owns 10 coastal restaurants, a catering company, and a food truck. Sodell Concepts has won a myriad of awards in recent years, including the Marvin S. Gilman Superstar in Business Award presented by the Delaware State Chamber of Commerce. Among the Sodell restaurants are Blue Coast Seafood Grill, named one of the top 10 destination restaurants, in America by Attache Magazine, and Matt's Fish Camp, which was recently awarded Best Seafood Restaurant by Delaware Today Magazine. Scott was also named Businessman of the Year in 2015 and the same title again in 2016 by Coastal Style Magazine. Over the last 20 years, Scott Kemmerer has established himself as a premier developer of restaurant companies and concepts on the East Coast. Scott is a founding partner of High Water Management and Haley Camera Restaurant Consulting, a co-founder of Matt's Homemade Sodas, a line of craft sodas distributed throughout Delaware. He's also a co-founder of Sodel Salts, a line of chef-inspired flavored sea salt, and he's the executive producer of Sodel Films. Scott is also the founder of Sodel Cares, a charity that raises funds for causes that benefit children, at-risk youth, adults re-entering society from the prison system and the elderly who need, need assistance. In 2016, Sodell Cares was voted best local charity by readers of Coastal Style Magazine. We are so fortunate to have Scott on this episode of our Hashtag One Thing series. Joe and I have enjoyed several meals at these award-winning restaurants, and it's a real treat to have Scott with, with us here today. Okay, Scott, so let's get started with our topic of organizational growth something that you excel at, are passionate about, and are successful with. As someone who has grown Sodell, how do you stay, stay so focused on the people, taking new risks, and maintaining such high standards, all while, while growing? We want to hear anything you might say about service, risk-taking, or vision. Joe and I and our listeners are ready to learn from you. Oh, well, thanks for the introduction. I didn't realize I had so much going on when you sit there and listen to it for a minute. I think it really uh, kind of hits you. So um, in terms of growth, I think one of the things, one of my biggest challenges is as we get bigger, how do I, I stay connected and how do I communicate with the people that we're working with? And I think that uh, making a commitment every morning, one of the things I do when I wake up every morning is I say, how can I improve the lives of the people that we're working with? And I think that I take that very seriously. And just being able to listen, to look people in the eye, and, and to have empathy and understanding uh, for the people that you're working with and understanding that the success and failure of the company comes from the people that are on the front lines um, and that we're not disconnected. So the three things that this company's trying to do, we're trying to develop the people we work with, we're trying to cook beautiful, simple food, 
and we're trying to make the world a better place. And, and for me to, to make those um, things that focus to the company, they have to actually be true and they have to be who you are. So I think being an authentic leader and getting in touch with who you really are as a person and what your personal style is and how you connect to people. I think one of the things I, I want um, people that we work with to take away from any interaction with me is that I'm a, I'm a good person and that I care and I care about their well-being. So, um, so there's a lot of different uh, techniques that we use. We started using um, Shining Star Awards. So every month we recognize one employee uh, in each restaurant that's a shining star. They get a certificate, they get a check for $250, and they get their picture taken with me. And it gives me a little bit of time to really connect. So all these, all these different techniques that, that we use, I write a lot of thank you notes now. So recently I've been writing thank you notes and putting $100 bills in them. So that seems to get people's attention uh, pretty well. Um, We've been doing a lot of uh, we've been doing a lot of events. We have an annual softball game. This past year, well, the first year we did it, I think we had 15 people to participate, and then this year we had between fans and players, we had over 350 people at the game. So we have a sports facility uh, that we do the concessions at in Georgetown called Sports at the Beach. So all all the people in the company sign up. We get uniforms. There's ref. Uh, there's umpires. We have an announcer. We have a home run derby. Everybody brings their families, and um, we serve the concessions. And it's really a great event. And people can kind of let their hair down a little bit. And we have so many great athletes in the company. And it's one of one of my most favorite days. Uh, everybody has pizza, and uh, it gets pretty competitive. Um, one of the things we've been doing is we rent out the movie theater in Rehoboth and we do a midnight showing and a, and a matinee. And I think we had over a thousand people uh, view both movies. So anybody can come, you can bring your kids, you can bring your friends, popcorns on me. I give all the kids quarters and they go play the video games. So I, I think the bigger we get, the less I want people to think I'm in an ivory tower disconnected from what's going on, but it almost becomes like you market as a leader or a CEO of a company you're almost marketing yourself to the people that you work with. And, and some of it's done, um, you know, online, Facebook, and it's, and it's how you communicate. Cause sometimes, you know, when you have, uh, we have 27 different businesses and locations spread out all over uh, Sussex County. I can't always be there and I can't always be talking to the people. So I think it's important to kind of use technology on our, for our side too. So, um, and I think that the more, the larger we get, the more disciplined I have to be personally. So the earlier I have to wake up, the harder I have to work, the more I have to stay focused. And the bigger you get, uh, it doesn't mean that things get easier and you have to work less. I think the bigger we get, the more I have to really uh, focus on what we're doing and compartmentalize things. So we did a really good job. So early on, we had a couple of managers driving around in pickup trucks telling people what to do. But as time has gone on, we've got a corporate office. We have a wine director. We have director of operations. We have vice presidents. We have a vice president of culinary. Uh, we have a controller. We have a director of marketing. So a lot of my time is spent managing the executive team. And a lot of the questions I ask are, what's the most benefit I could get or we could get out of a company out of these different positions. So a lot of my challenge is uh, how, how do we make the biggest impact with a director of training? How do we make the biggest impact with a director of marketing? And how do we utilize 
the people in our business to be uh, as successful as we can. So I think, I think that's been a really important part of it. And, and for me also that waking up every day and realizing that I'm a servant leader and that I don't lead from the top, that we lead from the bottom, that the dishwashers have an opinion and anything that we can do to make their lives easier and make them feel that they're important. Uh, one of the big things we do is we rent out the Starbird uh, every Christmas for our party. And this year we're having over 400 people come and we have this really great band playing. And uh, when you work in the restaurants, you know, it's hot, it's a hundred degrees, you're working hard. So a lot of times you're, you, it, it doesn't feel like you're, you're in the best situation. So when a company like ours tries to go out of our way to make you feel like you're really a part of the team, that we know who you are and that, uh, and what you do matters. I think that people really connect on that level and, and it goes a long way. Thank you so much, Scott. A lot of incredible takeaways specifically on how you connect with your employees and, and I actually love the specifics regarding, you know, actually what you do, whether it's the theater, whether it's the event at the starboard, even breaking that down to thank you notes and some of the great things that can go on um, and building relationships with people. I'm going to move right into our next segment, which really hones in on a lot of what you touched on. And I want to, TJ and I want to hear more about some of the things you do on a daily basis. And these this breaks down our leadership question. So our first question is, you know, is there one person or group you follow for either knowledge or inspiration and where could we find them? Yeah. So I was, especially when I was starting out, I was a bit of a junkie for business leaders, self-help. And I spent a lot of time following some of the traditional guys, Dale Carnegie, all the way up through Warren Buffett. But now I have a guy that I really follow and that grew up in the same town as me. His name is Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he, um, he's on Facebook under Gary V, Twitter. He's got a couple books, Jab, Jab, uh, Right Hook. He's on Snapchat. And, and what his main focus is, is he doesn't care where you came from or what you did or what age you are. The internet and content and focus uh, can create the freedom and the money to live the life that you deserve. So he, he's somebody I've really been following for a long time. I've seen speak uh, several different times. I, I read all his uh, books and, and do all his blogs. And he, he speaks to me as the most current guy right now who he was early on Bitcoin. He was early on blockchain. He was early on a lot of these things. And um, he's a guy that grew up in the same area as me, really gritty, came from nothing, barely graduated high school. Uh, started in his dad's liquor store and built that up into kind of a worldwide wine library, sold it, moved on. Now he's trying to buy the New York Jets. So for me, it's a guy that really, his dreams were completely unrealistic. And he he's a guy that is very close to achieving some of his lifetime dreams, which many people thought were were out, outlandishly impossible. But he says he says a lot of, a lot of the things that I believe in and he, and he breaks things down on a very simple level. So Gary V uh, short for Gary Vaynerchuk and he's a, a blogger. Um, he's on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and uh, re- really, really interesting guy. And he covers a lot of different ages. He talks a lot about young people, he talks a lot about people with their second careers. So uh, 
So that's a guy that I really believe in and, and, and I get behind. Um, and, and I read, I read probably four or five, um, leadership self-help books kind of a month. So it's really something I've been focusing on for probably about the last 10 years. And he's the guy I probably most believe in right now. So. That's great, Scott. We're big Gary V fans as well. Um, and as people who work in, in, in public ed, we follow his work and also very curious about the things that he's saying about educating the youth and, and how entrepreneurship works and, and innovation. So it's cool to hear that from you as a business owner and as, as someone who's grown an organization um, and just, you know, staying connected. I'm sure that our listeners who don't know Gary V um, will go right out and check out his stuff. And I'll, I'll plug again that book, Jab, Jab, Right Hook. I think that's a great concept book for any business leader. I'm going to ask you the next question, um, which is, what's the one thing that people should try to do on a regular basis that might make a difference in their day or life? Yeah, and for me, um, I believe in service before self. So, so what that means, I believe in, in helping others before, before selfish, uh, selfishness. So in, in order for me to stay focused and stay current and stay um, really uh, balanced and happy, that I need to get out and help another person. And by helping another person, I, I, I help myself. So I believe that you need to be grateful every day. You need to give thanks. You need to give back. And you need to take a moment to really thank the people in your life because um, if you're in a position of leadership, you didn't get there because only of you. You got there because of the team that's behind you. And for me, I can't lose focus of believing that I'm just a small cog in the machine. And whether I'm the leader or I'm out front or or it's my ultimate responsibility that at the end of the day, if I can give service and give back and give help, then that's going to help me more and that's going to help the people that um, I'm giving support to. So, so if you're asking, you know, something that people should do on a regular basis that might make a difference in their day is that if they're grateful and if they help another human being, it's pretty hard to have a bad day if you're doing that. Thank you, Scott. And that speaks to what you even said earlier about, um, you know, the three things you try to accomplish within your company, the first thing is actually making a difference in people's lives. So um, it's good to see that woven throughout. Our third question uh, rests on what is one thing that you'd want to know or be able to do that you don't already? Yeah, I think, and, and I think about this a lot, that one of the things I think is really important for me is, um, so I, I believe in being able to pivot I believe in it, being able to pivot pretty rapidly and on a dime in terms of operations or if something's not working instead of digging down sometimes and making another mistake that I like to pivot and go a different direction. And uh, so I think that in my life personally, I, I'd like to be a little more graceful from an operation standpoint and the directive standpoint and be a little smoother um, with some of my initiatives and when I do pivot on issues, to be a little more graceful with it and not cause uh, ripples and a shock. And I think the bigger a company gets, the more, um, the more predictable the leader should be. Nobody likes uh, a leader who is unpredictable and you never know what you're going to get. So I, I like to think people know what I'm going to say before I say it. And it makes me happy to hear people say, Oh, what do you think Scott's going to say? Well, I know exactly what he's going to say. And that means I'm doing a good job as a leader because if people truly understand and they get 
and they pick up what I'm putting down and they know what I'm going to say before I say it. That that's what you really want as a leader. So what you don't want is like a herky jerky reaction to a situation. So um, if you can, you know, if you can follow the processes and you can be disciplined, that creates like freedom to solve problems. And if you're predictable in your solutions and you gracefully uh, transition and pivot from one directive to the other, that people feel very calm. And, you know, I always say that my time as a leader, so the concepts, I want people to think of it as a time of peace and prosperity. And that when I'm when I transition out of this leadership role that people will look back on and say that was a time of growth and prosperity and peacefulness. And we knew what was happening and we knew what was coming down the pike next. And there weren't really like a lot of surprises. So that's the one thing that I hope for myself that I could do better uh, in terms of operations and directives is that um, when I do switch directions and I do pivot on a dime, um, that I'd be more graceful with it and that I'd be smooth with all those initiatives and more predictable. So that's awesome, Scott. That's great advice for, for leaders in terms of that smooth transition from one thing to a next, next, especially when you're taking risks. Number, our number four question here is, uh, what's the one thing that led or continues to support your growth as a leader that others might be able to replicate? And you talked about, reading five books a month. I think that's an awesome strategy, but is, is there anything else that our leaders might benefit from that continues to support your growth? Yeah. I, I think that an important thing, and, and this is, this is coming up in the restaurant business because this is typically what chefs and managers and, and early on owners do is that um, you make a list of your strengths and weaknesses and you um, hire to your weakness and, and, and play to your strength. So um, I think that in terms of a growth of a leader, if you can self-actualize very honestly and take an honest inventory of what your strengths and weaknesses are and, um, and as, a, as an organization be able to um, take stock of that, uh, if you're really good at marketing, if you're really bad at accounting, so you know you need a super strong controller and you need to stay away from the controller except to ask the controller what do they need, what kind of support they need, do they need upgraded software, those type of things. Instead of micromanaging situations where you know you're weak in them, it's better to double down on your strengths than to, uh, you know, it, it, when you have a big organization, it's not like everything has to personally be done by you. And you can get very specialized people that are very, very good. And wh where you pick to spend your money on your staffing and your executive team and, and everything is you pick, you pick certain situations where you know uh, the most good will be done or where the rubber hits the road. So like as, as, an, as an executive, I try and surround myself with people that are really, really good at things I'm not really, really good at. Like I was a chef, but I wasn't super creative and super talented. So, you know, we have a, we have a lot of chefs in this company and that are really super talented and can create things, but I, I don't really get involved in the menus. You know, we have a vice president of culinary operations who really does the menus and I don't really say, Oh, you should put cranberries on that dish or you should do this or you should do that because, you know, cause I trust them that they're, that they're doing it and they're more talented than me at that. So that's what they should be doing. And that's where the responsibility sh should fall. But like, I spend a lot of my times with the asset management division, making sure the oven works. 
I mean, that's something I can do for making sure that um, we have enough coverage of people that they can take a vacation and that if they want to take a professional development day or, or that our food cost is good. So we have the money. So the team can go to New York and cook at the James Beard house. And that's my responsibility as an owner and as a leader of the company that I have to make sure they have everything they need to succeed rather than micromanaging um, small details that they're actually better at than me. And I think a lot of people get jammed up because they don't know what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. So they tend to lead and try and, and try and do uh, things that they probably shouldn't be doing. So um, that, that's kind of where I think people, if they can take an actual honest inventory of what their strengths and weaknesses are and hire to their weakness and play to their strengths, that um, their, their leadership success will probably go up dramatically. I think that's incredible advice, Scott, and that honest inventory. A follow-up question to that, is that something that came natural to you or is that something that you just learned along the way? And I'm sure TJ would agree with this. We've just seen throughout our time working in leadership positions and working with leaders, ego can yeah. definitely get in the way. And what you're describing here, I don't know if I've ever heard it quite phrased as higher to your weaknesses, but I think that's a major takeaway. Yeah. And for me, I mean, to be totally honest and uh, is that, you know, I learned that through um, uh, therapy and addiction uh, counseling, you know, and um, it's, that became a big part of my leadership, um, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous and, and other programs like that early on in my life became a, um, a really foundation of my leadership. You know, the founder of Soto Concepts and myself, you know, met in a program like that. So uh, being able to take an honest personal inventory to be humble, ask for help and, you know, ask your higher power for help. That's kind of like the basis for what a lot of my, my success was in life. And um, in a previous life, I was a competitive wrestler. And when you're a wrestler, you have to be humble because if you're not, other people will humble you in a hurry. <laughs> so uh, so um, I think that humbleness and being able to truly understand what you're good at and what you're not good at and know what your company can you know, your, your, your company becomes an extension to you and what your company can do and what it can't do. Um, and if your team stretched too thin or if they need a break or if they need to be pushed, you know, and, and a lot of like early director of operations that work with us, I'm like, you better figure out if you need to give the people that you work with a hug, if you need to pull them, push them or punch them. So, you know, in a proverbial sense, not in a reality sense. So, you know, being able to understand what those different situations entail, I think um, that's, that's higher level executive thinking. And, and we get a lot of people in our company that everybody in our company came through the restaurant business. So we're in the restaurant business. So our controller uh, started out as a waitress and then she got a degree and became, you know, so our director of marketing owned, owned restaurants and came up through. So everyone in our company um, came up through the restaurant business. Um, so, so there's a certain level of understanding. Everybody knows the business that we're in. So when you sit in the meeting and you talk to the HR director, well, she ran catering, she ran our catering company for five years. So now that she's our HR director, um, so a lot of people learn the jobs that they're in now after already learning the, uh, the restaurant business. So they have a level of understanding and I did that kind of on purpose. So instead of bringing in an outside HR director, I brought in someone who was, you know, that worked with us for a long time and was an expert in 
in the restaurant business and then they went in and acquired the skills to be an HR director. So that's been kind of my strategy on that. And yeah, so in far in, in terms of hiring to your weakness, I, I just think that there's so many talented people out there. Like we're interviewing and hiring now for someone to do content. And I, I'm not, I have no idea how to do content for the internet. You know what I mean? And I'm in my forties. So I, I didn't grow up with Snapchat or Facebook for that matter. So we're hiring, <laughs> yeah, we're hiring somebody who's literally 20 years old, who it's like second nature to him. And it's almost baffling to me. You know, our social media director, you know, worked her way through the restaurants while she was in college, graduated college with a marketing degree. And now she does her social media. I literally have no idea what she's talking about in terms of <laughs> analytics on Facebook. And yeah, I really don't. And it takes a level of trust to be able to trust um, somebody uh, where you really don't have an expertise in it. So um, fantastic. Yeah. Scott, we have our final question. Uh, what's the one thing that you used to think that you don't think anymore? Yeah, so I used to think, and, and now I'm talking about something not quite like pivoting on operatives, but when it comes to culture, <clears throat> when it comes to um, principles, and when it comes to values of the company, I know best. Now, this is kind of contrary to some of the other things I was saying, but when it comes to a long-term goal for this company, I cannot be swayed by other people. When it comes to the core values of what we're really trying to do, I cannot be deterred. I cannot change. In terms of wanting to cook beautiful, simple food, in terms of wanting to develop the people we work with and make the world a better place, I cannot be thrown off that by anything. And I think that motivation and moods and happiness and all that stuff comes and goes but a drive, a drive to make a company that has very strong values and principles, that is something that should never leave you as a leader. You can be tired. You could change your mind on a location. You could change your mind on a burger. Or you could change your mind on any of that stuff. You can change your mind on who's working with you or what magazine we're advertising in. But what you can never, ever get pushed off of is your core beliefs and your core values. So we believe in certain things in this company. And it's my duty as the leader to make sure we never, ever, ever change from those things. And in terms of like, <clears throat> you know, if we're open on Sunday for brunch and all those decisions, we can go back and forth and you can be open for brunch for a while or close or whatever. But when it comes to valuing the uh, lives and the happiness and the development of your employees, that can never change. And regardless of good times or bad times, um, we're still going to try to make the world a better place. So if we went into another recession tomorrow, we'd still try to make the world a better place. You know, that wouldn't be deterred. And, you know, consultants or outside people or whatever, no matter what they try to do, they can't, they can't throw me off uh, that. And I used to think that I kind of, uh, you could do your core values and principles by committee, but you really can't. You, you really, it really has to be one person that sets the tone, that truly believes in it, and that can never change. Um, you, you can make decisions by committee. Like you, you can say to people, oh, what do you think? Should we put a steakhouse uh, on the highway? Like you can ask those questions, but you can't ask, you know, you can't ask, hey, should we, should we cook beautiful, simple food? Like, should we change? Should we do something different? Like, should we, should we, should we, should we not care so much about the value of our food? No, that's something that can, that can never change. And, and that as a leader, you have to be so disciplined. And I think people get confused sometimes and they think they have to be so 
rigid about everything when that's not the case is that you have to be very rigid about your core beliefs, but your, but the other things, the other things, the details and the operations and the initiatives that, that you need to be super flexible on because times changed and this company changes. I mean, it dramatically, we used to, we used to like fire people if they asked for a vacation 10 years ago, you know, and then now I like beg people to go on vacation, you know, and one of the biggest things for me is, I want people to come to work with us. I want them to, and I know it sounds crazy. I want them to get a house. I want them to buy a nice car. I want them to get married. I want them to have kids. I want their kids to go to the local school. I want them to coach little league baseball. And I want everyone in this company to be a part of the community. And that always wasn't the case for this, for this company is that, you know, we used to think uh, a little bit differently about some of those things, but, but now I know deep in my heart, what my gut says and what, what I truly believe in are the core principles of this company. And regardless of whatever happens, I can't ever let anybody shake me off that. So that's something that I know now that when I was in my twenties, I didn't know. I didn't realize that. I, I thought that, you know, you could kind of <clears throat> change some of those things, but the foundation of what your company's built on can never change. So. That's a great response, Scott all about the culture, the principles, the values, and that the leader just needs to be the one who is the driving force behind that. Um, I, I, I can't say enough about that response. It's something that Joe and I really talk about a lot with leadership and our leadership trainings and the model that we just built called serve, where we talk about service and risk taking and that the leader just needs to stay focused on the vision. So I think totally, um, you know, digging that response. Um, and such fantastic responses to all five questions. One thing we always say is that leadership might be complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And I think your, your responses have demonstrated that. Is there anything else that you would like to add today for our listeners? Yeah. And you talked a little bit about risk taking and I believe that I am super conservative I don't like to take any chances. I like sure things. But that being said, I've built 31 restaurants in 22 years. So I think of myself as being not a risk taker, very conservative. I don't like to take chances. But, but in reality, uh, I roll the dice every day. And I take risks and take chances every day. And I double down on the people I work with. And I double down on the locations. And I believe in Southern Delaware. I believe in the beaches. I believe in Rehoboth and Bethany. And I think we have something special here. And I'm going to keep building restaurants and provide jobs for people and, and trying to make the world a better place in Southern Delaware. And I'm happy to do it. And I, and I appreciate you guys calling and, uh, and doing this podcast with me. It was a great experience. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, there you have it. Great interview with Scott Kimmerer. Don't forget to follow our blog, theschoolhouse302.com, for blog posts, podcasts like this one, and video blogs all on the topic of leadership. And we hope you enjoyed this hashtag one thing series on organizational growth with Scott Kimmerer. Thank you so much for listening.